episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. They call her the only trash queen for a reason. She's one of New York City's most iconic look queens. It's the trashy and sassy avant garbage. How are you? Hi, I'm very well. How are you, Michael? Not bad. I'm um, still boycotting this fall because I hate the fall and I'm still going to wear my flip flops, so oh, fuck you all. I am a creature of the fall. I love Halloween. Yeah, I mean, naturally, you're, you're a spoopy one. I am spoopy. I love the weather. I've loved pumpkin before it was a basic Becky thing. Yeah. I love... Apple picking. I grew up in the Midwest. We went to pumpkin farms. I grew up on a farm. I love the fall. Well, that is a perfect segue to talk about you. And where where are you from? I grew up in a little tiny town about 20 minutes west of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, Close to Lake Erie. So we had a really nice seasonal change. The foliage was great in the fall. Um, It was a very conservative town, at least when I was growing up. But recently you know, duct tape, the Manco factory invaded the town Mm -hmm. and like gave all this money to the school. So now it's like an actually like booming economy over there, which is, it's interesting to see because I was like, where was this when I was growing up in the sticks? Because it was super rural when I was living there. Did you go to uh, Cedar Point a lot? Oh, all the time. All the time. I miss it so bad. And I, people get mad when I'm like, Six Flags can't compare, but it's it's literally, it's, it's one America's greatest amusement park for the past like 20 years. Um, I mean, it's not Disney, but it's it's fine. It's better. If, no, if, if you're a roller coaster enthusiast, it's better. But I had sure. a season pass. I went at least once you a never week when there. I was in high school. Never worked there because it's slave labor. But I went all the time. Favorite ride? The Raptor. Mm-hmm. I love that style of coaster. If if you don't know, Cedar Point is um, America's greatest amusement park the, the, by title. And they have over 20 record-breaking roller coasters, the second tallest coaster in the world, the I think the fastest wooden coaster in the world, the first ever standing coaster, like so many accolades like this. And the Raptor is one where you're like sitting in a suspension and your your legs dangle. I love that style of roller coaster. Yeah, and it's a beautiful park right on the water. Gets a yeah. little windy. Yeah. Well, the thing about Ohio is like you can go from 80-degree weather to three inches of snow because right. when the wind hits the lake... Yeah, the weather change will just happen over like instantaneously. So what did you do growing up in Ohio? I was a really anomaly of a child in Ohio. A lot of my peers were playing like traditional kid stuff. Do you mean like when I was little? Yeah. Um, I was very lonely. I didn't have a lot of friends, so I played with a lot of action figures. I read a lot of comic books. I played a lot of video games. I definitely gave a lot of my toys life on their own and they became my friends a little bit which segued into me making action figures later on in life which segued into my drag but i did a lot of nerdy stuff i like comic books i played video games all the time um constantly playing with toys and i hunted when i was younger too yeah i'm a like an accomplished archer not a lot of people know that um went to cedar point all the time i was an only child though and i grew up a town over from the school that I went to, so I spent a lot of time alone. 
Where did you end up going to school for college? I went to school in Southern Ohio, in Dayton, Ohio, to a university called Wright State University, mm-hmm. named after the Wright brothers. My father was in the military, so it was like a, it was, it was a military school, essentially, kind of. It was a commuting military, jack-of-all-trades type school. It's the second largest school in the nation for quadriplegics and paraplegics. Oh, wow. So there was an underground tunnel system so everybody could get from building to building without using stairs. And we would play, like, Nerf gun wars in the tunnels all the time. We were constantly getting chased by security around. What did you study? I studied... Initially, I studied English before I realized I hated writing. Mm-hmm. And then I went into journalism okay. and communications, um, which led to, like... There, there, college for me was a very long process of discovering myself. At that time... We were still told that, like, when you graduate high school, you go to college, then you get a good-paying job, and you'll be able to pay all your student loans off. And I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do, but everyone was like, you have to go to college. There's no other option. So I didn't have any clear direction on what my life would be like. And I still don't think, at the age of 18, you should have any idea what your life's going to be like. You're constantly changing. But I do wish that I had gone into some type of fashion or art direction other than English and communications although my grasp of the language is very strong I have very thick diction I wish that I had pursued some type of like fashion degree because later on in life that really became my passion what brought you to New York City I originally I was a male model and I did oh. stand-up comedy. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone knew this. I don't talk about it very often. It's a long conversation. When I was younger in Ohio, I was very obese and awkward. And I think around the age of 14, I hit about 350 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and decided, since I was a gay man and I wanted to be found desirable at that point, like... And you know how many rules the queer community places upon itself. I lost a tremendous amount of weight. I lost another person. And then by that point, when I was like rail thin and suffering from anorexia, um, by that point when I was rail thin, everybody was like, oh, you should start to model. So I began modeling in Ohio and I got a bunch of bookings, mostly in like Columbus and Cleveland and areas. I would do a lot of like local fashion shows. Did you have a Model Mayhem account? No, I didn't. No. Because this was, um, like, dial-up. Okay. So I, like, I, st- I have my, my have portfolio. portfolio. Yeah, I still have it. I wish I would have brought it. And um, since I had always been, like, alone and awkward, I naturally, my talent became being funny, getting adults to like me, being, like, the funniest person in the room. So I was modeling, doing comedy, and one day... My roommates and my boyfriend and I, the four of us, were like, we should move to New York. And we did. There you go. And we just picked up and moved. And I'm the only one left in New York still. Two of them moved back to Ohio. One of them moved out to L.A. But we're all, we all still talk, which is nice. But it was really refreshing to have moved here with a support network. Because Absolutely. New York can chew you up and spit you, you out. Yeah. Absolutely. But when I was modeling, I was about to be signed. I was with Major... Model management. Mm-hmm. And I was about to be signed with Red on Wall Street. And Mossimo wanted me to fly to Germany and be in, like, German GQ. And I had to make a decision that, like, if I went down that path, 
like my body dysmorphia and my anorexia would have killed me. And I just left the entire modeling industry because it's so toxic. And I was still doing stand-up comedy, but eventually that began to make me depressed too. It's very, very different. Comedy's hard. Comedy, it takes a true... Com- it, it takes a comic to know tragedy, and it takes a tragic person to know comedy. When did drag officially enter your life? Drag? I've, I've been doing drag for about five years now, I think. Four and a half, five. I, um, people always say you're either a pride queen or you're a Halloween queen. Mm-hmm. And I am neither. Kind of. Every year for my birthday, I have a Halloween party in April. I call it Halloween in April. A costume party. One year was like Batman villains. One year was pretty in pink. One year was uh, second chance. Like try an old costume back on. And one year we did gender bending. And that was the first time I had ever done drag. Sure. I did drag once in Cleveland as Coco Lawrence. What a terrible name. It's like your dog's name and your middle name. My middle name's Lawrence. (laughs) And it was just for fun because I was living with Akasha from Drag Race. And her and Sticky Stephanie and Madison and um, May Attack wanted Brett and I, the boyfriend that I moved from New York or from Ohio with, they wanted us to do drag for the first time. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And I ended up looking like a busted ass Catherine Zeta Jones from Chicago. Like, I looked like a busted Velma Kelly. They did my makeup. And there's a photo somewhere out there, and I will try to find it, but it is terrible. And I'm so glad that drag did not enter my life at that point because yeah. right now I might be Coco Lawrence and regretting all of my decisions. But drag officially became a thing for me when Mattel launched the Monster Highline. Mm-hmm. That was literally the birth of my drag. Do you want the long version of this? I mean, it's up to you. So when I was a little kid, like around like five, six, my my dream in life was to grow up to become April O'Neil from the Ninja Turtles. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to be one of the turtles. I wanted to play around with the turtles. I wanted to be April O'Neil. Right, which that then la- that fierce yellow jumpsuit and those white boots, which probably led to my choice of like going into journalism yeah. a little bit latently. So because I was obsessed with the Ninja Turtles and April O'Neil, when the action figure line came out and they were dressed like the Universal Studios monsters, mm-hmm. like Donatello was Dracula, April O'Neil was the Bride of Frankenstein, Leonardo was the creature from the Black Lagoon, um, I became obsessed with the Universal Studios monsters. And I was the only kid, like, in my grade that was, like, going to Blockbuster to rent, like, the Wolf Man yeah. when everybody else is, like, watching cartoons and such. And I've been obsessed with the monsters ever since in all mediums. And when Mattel, the makers of Barbie, introduced this doll line called Monster High, which was, like, Frankenstein's daughter, Medusa's son, uh, the Headless Horseman's kids, like, all that, they it really like set some type of inspiration in me because I was making action figures and I was making dolls as a hobby. And my best friend who is a, a president at Nickelodeon asked me if you could create a new monster, who would you make? And I was like, Jesus, like what hasn't been done before? Like there's a fucking blob. And I was like, you know what? Nobody's ever made like a trash monster. Like why, why can't I make like a trash themed monster? And I knew I wanted to create a female character because female representation in the Universal Studios monsters has always been a little underwhelming. There's the Bride of Frankenstein and then the Daughter of Dracula, which also, like, are two individuals that have urgency from a man. So I wanted this, like, powerful trash queen. And I, like, kind of played up with some names and 
came up with avant garbage. And I was like, brilliant. She'll have like mop hair and she'll control cockroaches and she'll like live in the sewer like the Ninja Turtles. And in the process of like designing this doll, I was like, there's really like a really smart brand and marketability here. And I was like, fuck it. I do cosplay. Like, why don't I just like, I know how to make dolls. I can just multiply the proportions by six and I can dress up like the trash queen. And I just started dressing up like avant garbage and it, and it really just took off. I, I, I feel like she found me. Like I was blessed. Like it's almost like the modeling, the stand up comedy, the Ninja Turtles, the journalism. I feel like everything that I've ever done in my life that I was good at, but didn't motivate me in a way that I needed, all came together when I became Avant Garbage. Nice. Yeah, thank you. How would you describe Avant in three words? Um, innovative. Endearing. And a little dirty. All right, I like that, I like that. How long does it take to transform into Avant? It's getting quicker and quicker, but I like to give myself like a solid three hours. Okay. I don't like to rush. Do you have any traditions when you get ready? Um, I mean, I should have to shave. The, the, the shower is the worst part when I have to shave like my entire body. Um, I shave like from my arms and I have the drag queen like where I have a hairy stomach and then a, a hairless chest. Um, the, the shower process is not really that fun, but I like to like... I mean, the, the process of makeup is, like, very ordered. Like, glue your eyebrow down, put your beard cover on, uh, then put the base foundation on your chin, glue another eyebrow coat. You know, that's not not so fun. But I like to, like, chill. I'll, I've will i started listening to Race Chaser, mm-hmm. Alaska's podcast. Yeah. Um, I've started to and listen. And Willem. I don't want to say that in case Mama Rue's listening. I am not associated with Willem, and the views of Willem do not influence sure, sure, sure. Avant Garbage LLC. Um, I love Willem. Willem's a huge inspiration of mine. But I'm not problematic like her. And I... That's probably my only tradition right now is listening to the podcast. Maybe I'll watch some Big Mouth. What are some of your favorite makeup products? Let's get you some sponsorship. Um, whatever, whatever people give me. I am self-taught in makeup. Krylon is my go-to base for my for my foundation. I like CoverGirl Loose Powder to set it. I'm self-taught in makeup, and it's probably my weakest part of my drag. I think I'm pretty, mm-hmm. but like I wouldn't say I'm. I'm never gonna be a glamorous looking girl. But it's your brand. I think it you works are for me, and I sell it. Your brand, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm gorgeous, but like, it works for me. Not everybody could do it. No, not a not a chance. But my favorite makeup product is at Abracadabra, NYC. They have a line of drag queen themed lip stains it's a lipstick that you have to scrub to get off it does not leave a mark on your glass it doesn't won't get on your teeth or your clothes and my favorite hue is avant garbage i have oh. my own makeup product at abracadabra Look at you. and it's this like beautiful mauve color like it's like a nice like I love mauve. Yeah, it's like it's it's really nice, and it takes on other colors well. So if I do like a purple lip liner, I'll have like yeah. a purple hue. Um, it's if I'm not wearing a red lip, I'm always wearing that. I'm always wearing my own makeup, my own lip product. Let's go back in time a little bit. What okay. was your first gig, and what was the first lip sync or song you performed? My first performing, my first time on stage was at Metropolitan in mm-hmm. Brooklyn, Mary Cherry and Horchata's Dragnet competition. Yeah. And my first song was 
Celebrity Skin by Hole. I'm not surprised. Which I've always said is going to be Avant Garbage's theme song. Like, okay. And I had this incredibly crazy ambitious idea to create a ball gown that looked like when you pick up a trash bag and the bottom of it blows out. Yeah. So the skirt is like a, a plastic trash bag cinched at the waist with a yellow tie. And then the bottom of the ball gown touching the floor is various trash pieces that I had been saving for months, like a pizza's box and like nothing like food or like gross, like, like actual plastic, yeah. cardboard, things that I was like going to throw away or recycle. And I was just gluing them to this wedding dress and it was, I fuck I, it's on, it's online. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah. I made a couple rookie mistakes, but I'm pretty proud of it. Who were some of the first people to help you out on your drag journey? Queens or people? Everything. Um, doesn't always have to be a queen. My best friend Colin was definitely the inspiration for it. Uh, my friend Hillary, a woman named Lisa. Uh, there have been a lot of people that I would forget to thank. I try to take inspiration from everyone. Uh, my current roommate TS, like these are the people that like believe in me. My my best friend Lewis is like my rock and foundation. Like so many people. Unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of input from Queens, and I had a very difficult time breaking out in Brooklyn. The Brooklyn girls did not like me very much, which is unfortunate, because I thought I would have had a lot more success there. Right. But I've had Did a, you think they were possibly a little threatened? I don't want to speculate on that, and I don't want to sound arrogant. I will just say that it took me a long time to become acclimated there. That's fair. So my big first entrance into the world of nightlife was judging the finale of Lady Liberty Season 2. Yes. You happened to be crowned the winner of Lady Liberty Season 2. What a journey. What did winning Lady Liberty mean to you? Lady Liberty was huge for me. Was incredibly huge for me. I had just... The first pageant I ever competed in was Miss Nerd New York. And I won that. And I was the first ever Miss Nerd New York. And I thought I had peaked. And I said I wasn't going to get into another pageant. And after the year had went by and I had lost that title, I no longer had it, I was like, okay, well, I think I want to compete in another pageant. And Lady Liberty was like the hot pageant at the time. It was, do you remember the journey? It was a weekly pageant where like Mm -hmm. seven different queens competed. Oh, yeah. And I think it it lasted like 11 weeks and there was like a hiatus in the middle because the venue got switched and we didn't know if it was going to continue. But I think I beat, like, 70 queens, something like that. Yeah, it, it was... I Like, 70... If you were a queen in New York at the time, you, you competed in that pageant. And for me to have won that, for me to have gone on that journey, and then to have beat... Sugar Kane was in that pageant, mm-hmm. and she's on Drag Race yeah, now. Yeah, the finale was you, Sugar Kane, Viva Vidalia, and, and Kimmy, Kimmy Moore. Moore. And all of four of us have gone very on different. to have yeah. our own successes. And we're very, very different at the time. But for me to have gone on that journey and then for it to be the second pageant that I ever competed in and to have won that was huge. I was blown away and so shocked and humbled. And I, w- I rode that high for at least two weeks. Yeah. Why was this so important to you? Bragging rights, first and foremost. Also, a little bit of reassurance. Sometimes I have a little bit of self-doubt and I... When I get depressed, my mind goes to dark places, so it's nice to have that affirmation that you are talented and capable and successful. And 
anytime you win a title, it's a good thing. Like, yeah. You, you have that title for the rest of your life. I can say I was Lady Liberty before Jansport was Lady Liberty, who's... She, she's just, she won that immediately after me, and she's phenomenal. Um, who uh, who went on to win after Janet was Rosé, and then Poppy won the Halloween edition. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all queens that are like and Jasmine so, won the um, Dragon one, and yes, yeah. these are queens that are like so successful. And I would I would happily go back for an All Stars. Yeah, Hibiscus had won right before me. Salika likes to say that she won like the the preliminary, but I I think that's I we'd have to talk to Vincent Cooper about that. We'd have to get that. the facts on that one. But for me to say that I'm on the level with all of these other girls, just for my personal self, is is so reassuring that I was doing the right thing and exactly what I should when I should be doing it. So Miss New, Nerd New York, you were number one, first one, first ever, first ever Miss Nerd New York, and I won't shut up about it. And you are definitely someone who would call yourself nerdy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super geeky, super nerdy. What did you do in order to win that competition? One of the most frustrating things for me as a performer, and I like to think of what I do as performance art, not necessarily specifically drag. One of the most frustrating things for me is people assume that all you can do in drag is lip sync. And in a pageant, it should be like, it was swimwear, talent, and evening gown like yeah. presentation swimwear talent evening gown but they weren't calling it talent it was lip sync mm-hmm. they were like so what are you gonna do for your lip sync and i was like oh, i don't really want to lip sync i want to do something different i'm different and i was i proposed the idea to the judges i was like these were the judges um one of them was a member of geeks out one of them was a member of gay gamers one of them was a member of the gay geeks of new york these are very geeky nerdy people who i've played video games with and I was like, what if I bring my Wii and I do a Super Mario Brothers speed run on stage? And they're like, cool, that sounds great. So I set it up. So I was like, okay, you will have the projector. That's all set up. I'll bring my Wii. We'll set it up beforehand. Everything will be good to go. And I get on stage for my talent and I tell the audience that I'm actually going to challenge the judges to an impromptu Smash Brothers competition where these are three accomplished Smash Brothers players who I've competed with before. They're all amazing. And I was a little nervous that I might not win. And while I was playing, I was also doing commentary for the audience so that I could like, this is how Smash Brothers is different from every other fighting game. The stage is essentially a square and you want to get back onto the stage at all times. You don't start at 100 and whittle your way down to zero. You actually start at zero and the higher your percentage, the more likely you're able to get knocked off the stage. Your up B is your most important remove because that's your recovery move. And I'm doing this talking to the audience actively using both sides of my brain while I'm beating the judges. And when I beat all three judges, the audience just erupted. The audience was going crazy. They were living for this. I don't think anybody had ever seen a drag queen on stage playing video games, challenging the judges. It was a very bold, ballsy move of me. Yeah. And I think that was... I, I For my, my swimwear, I came out in like a little sundress, and then I took it off. I revealed into... Princess Leia in the golden bikini. Sure. Where I then pulled out two cinnamon rolls and put them on the sides of my head as the hair. And the, I think the I think I had the audience, I had I had their approval at that point. Right. But when I won the Smash Brothers challenge for my talent, I think that was what cemented the deal for me. With two titles, what advice would you give to a young drag queen who is doing the competition circuit? What what can you offer them? 
there are so many queens right now, and thankfully, Drag Race has made us so popular and has made what we do a marketable commodity. People can make a money. People people can make money photographing drag queens, interviewing drag queens, yeah. producing drag queens. You don't even have to be a, a drag queen to make money off of drag queen. But for you to be a drag queen, you have to do something that makes you stand out from everyone else. Because there's so much saturation in the market right now that sometimes a lot of queens are starting to look similar. So you need to stand out as much as you can. My advice would be to come up with a really marketable, innovative brand and have a really strong concept of how you're going to sell that to people before you really dive headfirst in. And, and maybe that doesn't work for everybody. Maybe dive headfirst in and do what you got to do. It's, it's, all, it's all personal. Um, and figure out what works for you. But I, my recommendation, and I'm thankful that I had a really strong brand and concept before I started doing it. Not to take it too negative, but you've entered some pageants and didn't win them all. Correct, yes. I think the second, the, the, the pageant right after that was either Miss Barracuda or Miss West End. Um, and I've, I lost both of those. And what was the other one I lost? Look, Look Queen. Um, I, yeah, I entered, I think Miss Barracuda was immediately after Lady Liberty. And I came in third. Um, Sherry Pye ended up winning that one. Uh, Tina Burner does Miss Barracuda. Carrie Kerning won the year before me. They're, these are all phenomenal queens. And I wasn't too upset about that because one of the girls told me that she spent like $2,000 on this pageant. Yeah. And I think I spent like $22. I make all my own clothes. I make all my own stuff. I make my wigs out of mops. And so for me, it wasn't a big loss. And coming in third, like, you can't win them all. Yeah. I was like maybe a little depressed, but I got over it real quick. Then I did the Miss West End pageant, and it was eight girls, and I didn't even place which was perplexing to me because I thought my package was really, really strong. We did a fairy tale theme and you had to have three different looks. And I was the only queen that had the same character throughout all three looks. All the other queens had like, one was like Snow White one time and then Shrek another. And I, there was no cohesion for me. Sure. So maybe I missed the memo and that's why I lost. I don't know. And then I did Look Queen. I was the first placer in Look Queen. This is Bob's and Bob's and um, Dusty's pageant. And I was, I was the first to place. It's a it's a year long competition, and the winner of the month went, goes on for the finale. Right. And I had been. I came up with this idea. I was like, "Look, Queen. What does it mean? Look at me. Who am I? My face, my brand. Look at me." And I had been saving makeup wipes for a year, and then it made a ball gown out of those makeup wipes of my face. And then I made a bag or a, a, a beautiful gown, like one of my best gowns ever. It's breathtaking out of thank you for shopping smiley face trash bags. And I did a really out there number with like five people dressed like me as backup dancers. And I thought my presentation on that was really, really strong. And then to not place on that as well. I, that was, that was the hardest one for me to have lost. Yeah. Definitely. Cause I put my heart and soul into that pageant. Yeah, and I know a lot of people do. I mean, nobody nobody goes in and half half asses yeah. a pageant. It was also one of those pageants that there was a lot of talk after the fact. There was a lot of questionable behavior by a lot of people, so you just gotta move on and yeah, don't dwell on it. One the the, uh, the at one point the person who won the pageant was in question of if they should even be allowed to compete. Something happened. 
I mean, I'll be honest about it. They've, they're my friend, and they've ex, ex, had a lot of success. Um, they didn't get their music in by the deadline. And it was a hard... If you do not get your music in, you are not competing. Because it was like... you're. I can't even imagine the stress of organizing a pageant <laughs> with 12 people in it's it. It's hard. It's hard. So when you have a, a deadline, and you say, if you don't do it by this point, you are not in, you should assume that you're out. And this person was was out. And the other girls were like... We had a group chat, and the other girls were like, "This, this fine, this bitch is out. She's done. You don't have her music? You said no. And I messaged them privately, and I was like, hey, girl, you got to get in on the group chat right now. You got to get your music in. These girls are coming for you. This is this is my good Judy. These girls are coming for you. You need to get in on this shit right now and defend yourself, because I'm not going to lie down on this sword. And um, she went in and won. And one of the girls was like, well, I hope you're happy. And I was like, Yeah. I am because that person beat me and that's fine. That person beat me and they had a fair shot at it. I'm not going to be the person to push somebody down the stairs so I can win. Mm -hmm. If I lose to the best, I lost to the best. But if I beat someone, I want to beat the best too. That's fair. Thank you. How has your drag grown since you first started? It's gotten better. (laughs) I've gotten, I would hope it's, I've gotten more pieces. I have more things to work with. Um, I used to want to be, like, really beautiful, and I wanted to have that Miss Fame face, and then I just realized, like, I I realized my talent wasn't there, and I didn't want it anymore. And I remember one time, I don't know if I can admit this legally, um, I remember one time I was standing on the subway platform, and fuck the MTA, because it was taking, like, 45 minutes, and... You remember when you were little and, like, you'd be in the car on a road trip and your yeah. parents would be like, do you have to use the restroom? The next road stops in, like, 100 miles. And you'd mm-hmm. be like, I can hold it. And then all of a sudden... But now that you're getting older, you're like, no, I don't have to, I have to piss right now. So I'm on this subway platform and I had to pee so bad and all I wanted to do was get home and I didn't... I was going to piss my pants and I was going through anxiety about it. So I, like, looked around and there weren't a lot of people around. It was, like, 2 in the morning. So I, like, shimmied past that barrier... Yeah. And I'm, like, hugging the brick wall to get over to where the homeless person's probably sleeping so that I can piss in privacy without getting hit, eaten by a rat so I can get back onto the subway. And I went and I peed really discreetly. Please don't arrest me. Is this... I don't know if this is... You're fine. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, can I get ticketed for this? No. So I come back onto the subway and I'm covered in, like, 30 years of soot and dirt. And I look like fucking Pigpen from Charlie Brown. And I look disgusting. And I was, like, so grossed out. I was like, what the fuck is all of this black charcoal tar? And then I was looking at it and I was like, oh, my God. This is brilliant. (laughs) And ever since then, I've started covering avant garbage and grease paint whenever I'm out in drag. And it makes me look dirty. And it's, like, weird and gross and interesting. But, like, you never know when inspiration's going to hit you. Just be open to seeing it. What New York City drag queen that you've yet to work with is on your dream list? Ooh, that I've yet to work with? I've worked with so many. Um... I would love to work with Carrie Kernig, but I think, well, have we, have I worked with her? I've worked with almost every queen. Like there's no queen that I haven't worked with. No young baby queens that you're like, that's the person I want to. Well, cause I feel like I've been on stage at Icon with them, you know, um, I've had Sissy Walken in my show, Mm -hmm. Sissy Walken, Sherry Pie, or Sherry Pie, Cherry Pie, all the pies, uh, Sherry Pie, Cherry Vines, Box of Vines. Um, (laughs) I love like, like. Oh, no, because I, 
when I wanted to work with Shanice, I got her a gig. When I wanted to work with Junior, I got her a gig. When I wanted to work with Megami, I got her a gig. You know, like... If you are a young baby queen and you want to work with me and we haven't worked together, I apologize for not thinking about you, but hit me up and let's get on stage together. Yeah, well, I mean, one opportunity for that to happen is you are the host of Game Night at Albatross every Thursday night. Every Thursday night, yes, I host Game Night. We are currently doing Drag Race UK. We just did episode two as of whenever this will be airing. Um, And I do Drag Race every Thursday. If this comes out before Halloween, I will have a Halloween show on Thursday. But I do Game Night every Thursday where... Recently, we've been playing a lot of Jackbox TV, like Quiplash. It's like a, yeah. a phone game. Um, but we play Truth or Dare Jenga. We play Never Have I Ever. We play Werewolf. I've, I had a 20-person werewolf game going oh, last God, night. That's, it was, that's hard. It's so fun, though. And I'm like, like, I'm on the spectrum Rain Man. I'm like remembering every person's role and their name. Like, I have an v- extremely good memory. And... We like afterward, like the evening will wind down a little bit and we'll play Mario Kart and Smash Brothers. And if I'm always looking for new games to play, I love board games. We play Strip Twister. I don't know if I mentioned that. It, it is a fun time. And, and there is no game that is off limits. What can we expect to see you do at the show? Um, I will currently for Drag Race, I will commentate. I wrote a paper in college about reality TV editing, specifically for the show Survivor. I think the smartest thing on television at the moment. And I will commentate for Drag Race. I'll talk about editing. I'll talk about the characters, like what we can expect maybe next week, what the some of the references could be. I'll do numbers of varying... I, I do all kinds of numbers. I'll do Mad Libs. I'll do read your own, choose your own adventure stories. I did that for Lady Liberty. Yeah. Um, what was that like? Oh, it's fun. Like, I'm sure it's, like, surreal. Oh, okay, like, really quick aside backstory. When I was competing in Lady Liberty, Britta Filter was like, what are you going li-? to, oh, she's like, oh, what are you going to lip sync? And I was like, I don't think I'm going to lip sync. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to, like, read out of a children's book. And she was like, oh, oh, good luck, girl. And then I went on and won, you know, like, you can do whatever you want on stage as long as you sell it. Yeah. And um, I'll do that at game night. I'll do Choose Your Own Adventures um, numbers. But mostly my, my, my job is to walk around the room, hostess, mingle, get to know everyone. I really like meeting people. I really like meeting new people, engaging with people. And I'm that person that's like, Margo, oh my God, I haven't seen you for three weeks. How was the train ride you took to get to your brother's place? Like, I have a really good memory and it helps me engage with people. But I like talking to people. I like getting to know everyone. And I would like to believe that everybody that comes to game night will walk away feeling like they made a genuine connection with That's me. That's fair. How is this show different than any other show in New York City? Block Talk? Yeah. <laughs> Block Talk is so innovative. Michael, you are interviewing all of these queens. I don't know if there is another podcast in New York like this. There, there, there I'm sure there are. Um, but but yours how, is the best. How, how is your How show is game different? night? Yeah. What other show in New York City can you go and play video games with a drag queen or watch a drag queen commentate uh, people stripping down to play Twister? It is, I think, at the moment, one of the most unique nights in in drag in New York City. If you want to go to a drag show and you want to see a dancing queen, you go see Brenda Darling. If you want to go see a comedy queen, you go see Tina Burner, Carrie Koenig. If you want to go see... Something you've never seen before, you come and see me. Yeah, I I appreciate that. 
Thank you. Do you want to play a game? Sure. We're going to play this or that. Okay. I'm going to give you two options. You have to tell me which one you pick. Okay. Day or night? Night. Absolutely. Uh, I know. I don't even... I am so nocturnal. I don't even wake up before like 2 p.m. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee. I do appreciate tea, but I will never give up the juice. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Halloween or Christmas? Michael. Halloween. Although, I do appreciate Christmas, and The Nightmare Before Christmas is like timeless in both decades, but Halloween, all the way. I am I am the pumpkin king. One night stand or relationship? Relationship. I have been having sex for 20 years now, and it, one night stand's are a little hollow after a while. I would really love a partner in crime or at least a repeat offender. Mm-hmm. Heartache or numbness? Oh, God. Heartache. Nothing's worse than feeling numb. Like, my depression takes me to places where I don't want to do anything. Yeah. And, like, Same. numbness is can be devastating. I would rather my heart break... And, and value the love that it did have and bounce back than to feel nothing. Mario or Luigi? Ooh, ooh, what a difficult question. In Smash Brothers, Luigi. In real life, probably Mario. I love a little meatball of a man. PlayStation or Xbox? Ooh, God. <sighs> like PlayStation 1 or Xbox? Your interpretation. You decide. Xbox. Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh? Can I confess something? Yeah. First ever Miss Nerd New York. I have a video game night. I have never seen Pokemon. I have oh, never wow. played Pokemon. It's like a well-known secret. You don't have a Pokemon tattoo? No, I do not. Um, but I heard there's like a garbage class that you could play that I'm interested in checking out. But it was, it's just, it didn't hit me. And I, like, I didn't have siblings or a lot of friends when I was younger, so nobody exposed it to me. And now I'm like, it's just, it. I, too late. I missed it. Yeah. Um, so I played a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh! I played a little bit of Magic. I like card games, so I'd probably have to say Yu-Gi-Oh! And finally, slasher film or psychological thriller? Ooh, can I say both? No. But, ooh, um, if it's a good... Okay, my biggest problem with horror right now is, like, supernatural stuff. Ghosts do nothing for me. I want a man with a knife chasing a babysitter around a house for two hours. Okay. I love a slasher film, but I also love psychological thrillers. Um, right. It depends on my mood. It depends right. on my... Right now, I would do a slasher. Tonight, I might do psychological thriller. I don't know. We're going to talk about Dragon Performance a little bit. What is your signature number? And how did it become your signature number? I've been doing a lot of Alaska's high E recently. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like my go-to because I feel like it's the perfect opening number to establish the rules of a drag show. It talks about respect and tipping and and um, not touching a drag queen's face or hair. I love doing that. But like I said earlier, I think my signature number is Celebrity Skin by Hole. But what I'm probably most famous for is my Freddy Krueger number. Mm-hmm. It's my it's my opus. It's it's the best work I've ever done on stage by far. Where do you find your inspiration when you create mixes? I don't have a computer. I don't create mixes. I made the Freddy Krueger number, but I paid somebody and I told them what I wanted. And if anybody would like to quid pro quo work with me about doing another mix, I would be happy to do that. But I'm broke, but I can make things. Um, like I said, inspiration will find you everywhere. I have a couple of ideas for mixes right now. Um, based around just day-to-day living. It's like, it was like stand-up comedy. Like, you just talk about your life and you find what works for you. And also, like, 
it's important to know what you can sell. I would never do a dance mix because I'm like a sexy sure. ironing board trying to do the worm. But I can do a comedy mix. What is like the most requested number of yours that you wish people would stop requesting? None of them. None of them, all right? Yeah, like I'll do them. If you give me money, I'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I had one night at game night. It was like we were winding down. And I'm there until 4 a.m. By choice. And if people are having fun and they want a number, I'll do a number. If they're having fun and playing video games, giving me money, whatever. It was winding down. It was a, it was a slower night. And it was about 2, maybe like 1.30 or 2 a.m. And I have a hard, I get there at 7. And I have a hard, do not take your high heel shoes off until at least 2 a.m., girl. And I'm like unwinding, like video games are broken down. I'm about to get into my Converse flats. When somebody comes into the bar and they're like, are you guys still open? And we're like, yeah, we're open until 4 a.m. And they're like, cool. I have 100 members of the Gay Men's Water Polo League about to show up. And I was like, what? <laughs> and we had to like, it was like batten down the hatches, a storm's coming. 100 of the most beautiful worldwide gay, like world gay water polo members come in of... There was something for everyone in the room, and they are drunk and rowdy, and I thought this was going to be like the fraternity X gangbang of my fantasy, and they kept requesting numbers that I had never even heard before. Like, I think the, the most, the number that I knew the best was Kylie Minogue, but they were requesting things from, like, their country that I had no clue what they were, but they were giving, they were throwing money at me, and you just make it work. When people are throwing money at you, you sell it. Yeah. And I ended up making, like, $500 in, like, that two-hour period. Because they were just, and I, but I, I have never moved or sweat that much. I must have looked like Blanche from the Golden Girls doing a pirouette. Like I was, I was working. Did you get to take one home? No, Did no. You get a souvenir? I, I don't fucking drag. No. No, I've never fucked in drag. I've given a hand job to a cab driver in drag once for a free fare, but I was wearing latex gloves at the time. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but I separate Avant from my boy persona very much. Nice. So we're gonna do the cameo game show. Cute. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity re to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. Okay. All right. So the first one is going to be Melissa Joan Hart or Dean Cain. Um. Oh. Um. I default to thinking Dean Cain would have more of a fee because he's a man. Um. But Melissa Joan Hart might have a little bit more notoriety, and I wonder if she's getting residuals from like Sabrina on Netflix now. But also, she's making all those um, Hallmark movies for Christmas. I'm gonna say Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart for 150. Dean Cain only 100. Wow, good for them. Mm -hmm. Next up is Gary Busey or Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. That's correct. Five hundred dollars for Wesley Snipes. Three fifty for B Gary Busey. I can't believe Gary Busey's getting three fifty for that anymore. Yeah. Still. Ready for the next one? Yeah. Reem Daly or the War Dog. Ha <laughs> um, ha! Ooh, uh, Reem, definitely. $20 for Reem. 19 for the War Dog. Wow, wow. Yeah. That's a Survivor uh, popular, uh, reference for anybody out there. All right, how about this winner pairing? Richard Hatch or Chris Underwood? Probably, oh, I mean, Chris Underwood probably because he's so new and Richard's in like a lot of legal fee mumbo-jumbo and problematic. 
Uh, I'm still going to go with Richard Hatch. Richard Hatch is $50. Chris Underwood, half that, $25. Yeah, Chris Underwood, though. My God, that microphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next is Eliza Orleans or Parvati Shallow. Parvati. Yep, $39 for her. Eliza, 35 Can I make a career just, like, calling people and wishing them yes, things? Can. Wow. I yeah. didn't know this. There this is some, the first time I'm yeah. hearing about Cameo. Um, next, we have Joe Anglem or Sierra Don Thomas. They're married. Like what's they're 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 splitting it. Um, I'll say Joe. Yep, thirty nine dollars for him. Sierra is only twenty dollars. How much can you get a cameo from Sugar Cane for? Okay, so the reality people from Survivor, I don't think any of them went over fifty. You said fifty five for Hatch, I think. Um, but those Drag Race kids are crazy. I could see Sugar making a lot of money calling a little girl at her quinceanera. Um, I'm gonna say seventy-five. Eighty dollars. I was close. close. Yeah. Come on, and if yeah. it, and I didn't go over, so I probably would have won that one. So there's there's a lot of drag. Queens Good for on you, Sugar Cane. A lot of drag queens are on there, so you should definitely check it out. Um, we're gonna do tea time. Are you ready? Okay. I'm gonna spill some Nervous. favorite uh, tea on some of your favorite people, your sisters, your friends, colleagues, people you shared a stage with, people you competed against. My sisters. Yeah. Tell us anything you want to talk about, and we're going to start off easy. Be gentle. We're going to start easy with Bella Noche. Oh, my good Judy. I love her. We lived together. We, we lived together. We lived together in Brooklyn with Lacey Stoner before Bella decided to become a princess and marry her with knight in shining armor out in Long Island. Um, I love her. She's sickening. She's so smart, so funny, so talented. Bella's going to go... Big, big places. I would not be surprised if I saw her when I walked in the workroom. Nice. Next is Lacey Stoner. Oh, my God. My my good... Like, it's, it's same. Equal. Um, I see Lacey more than I see Bella, so maybe Lacey's, like, more my favorite, but they're both in equal standing with me. If I had... Lacey's, like, my little sister. Like, so much. I respect her so much. So funny. So funny. And she's got a fucking Chipotle burrito dick. <laughs> Oh, I've never seen it. I've never. I, I've. I've only seen photos. Um, but I'm letting everyone else in the world that is a fan of out there know. There's the tea. <laughs> Get it, girl. Next we have Heidi Ho. Oh, I respect Heidi so much. She's so fucking talented. Maybe out of every queen in New York City, her Kill Bill number. When I think of like most innovation, she did a number where she had the crazy '88 come out and she killed all fucking like. 45 people of them. There's only like 44 in the Crazy 88, if you know the Kill Bill trivia. Um, and she had asked me to be in the number, and I couldn't do it for whatever reason. I was either working or sick or something, and I felt so bad because I could have been in, a, in that moment in time in history. Heidi is so talented and deserves all of the praise she gets. She is a phenomenal queen. Next we have Andy Starling. Andy's great. I just did a show with Andy very recently. And Andy's an interesting person because she's so reserved mm-hmm. and, like, demure in a way and very, like, quiet. And I almost have to, like, approach her first. She's got a very classic Hollywood vibe. So I'm sure it's, like, I'm sure there was, a, I, I, I would speculate that there was a conservative upbringing in Andy's past. And I was a little nervous. I was like, how well are we going to get along together on stage and we just like it flowed really well we got along really great she's really funny like she's so talented i love andy next junior mint one of the smartest people i've ever seen in drag literally look up junior mint right now 
so innovative is doing intelligent things, especially for uh, people of color and like Black Lives Matter movements. Junior is an insanely talented person of color with a very political knowledge with an extensive political knowledge that she uses on stage in a smart way to really like pull emotion out of people so smart so so funny could could surpass me in talent easily next up Megami Megami's my good Judy whom like I thought she disliked me at first and now we've gotten over it she was the I, I beat her in Miss Nerd New York did she compete the first year I've known Megami since before either of us did drag. Or maybe, or I might have just been starting to do drag, but I knew Megami before she was Megami. And we didn't connect right away, so I was like, does she dislike me? Does she not like me? Um, but we were over that. Megami's insanely talented. Um, mixes are great. Costuming is on great. Will not beat me for best dressed at the Glam Awards, though. But she deserves all of the talent that she's busting her ass to get right now. Um, it's so, so talented. She just won the Comic-Con costume contest. She got $2,000 out of it. Like, good for her. Um, so proud of her. I'm, it's been amazing to witness the journey of growth for her, and I'm really proud of her. Next is Sugarcane. Sugarcane, I, re- I, love, I love Sugar. I respect her so much. I wish that when a girl got on Drag Race, like, you could still interact with them like you did before they were on Drag Race, because now I see her, and it's a quick, like, hey, girl, how you doing? Good. Like, tell Gilbert I said hey. Um, so I don't get to see her as often as I used to, and I feel like because there was, like, a lot of look queen drama, I got lumped in with some opinions of other people that weren't there, and I have nothing but respect for her, and I'm happy that she's had success. I wish she had gotten a better edit on Drag Race, like, I wish she had gotten more of an edit on Drag Race, um, but I hope she can parlay it into a successful career. But, girl, you getting money to call people on the phone. Like, good for you. Next is Viva Vidalia. I love her. I love Viva. Um, also, really handsome out of drag. Um, Viva's so talented. Right, oh, I can, I can see who's coming next. But I, I will then address it at that point. Um, Viva is my rock bar sister. Before rock bar kind of picked up the pieces of boots and saddles closing and became this like drag haven we had like a small group of us that we called rock our our rock bar girls and i've known viva for years respect her so much she has like a professional hospital job so she doesn't get to perform as often as i would like to see her but when she can move she can dance she's so funny so quick and just one of the nicest people in the world yeah she's so genuinely like one delightful so who's coming next? If you're so I smart. believe it's going to be Kimmy Moore. Yeah, say Kimmy Moore. Kimmy Moore is taking the world over by storm. Her and her sister Boudoir are like this dancing pair. And, and you obviously taught them both to dance, right? I did. They went to the avant garde school of ballet and toe touch. Uh, Kimmy is so talented, can dance the house down boots. He's a good looking guy out of drag. Um, Kimmy's great. I don't, again, I don't get to see her as often, but she's like out in Fire Island working, you know, like once you move to Astoria, you, you lose all your friends in Manhattan and Brooklyn. So true. <laughs> Next we have Tara Hyman. Oh, I was going to say, um, when I was competing in Lady Liberty and Suga, Viva Vidalia and Kimmy Moore and the, th- I'm going to be shady right now. The four of us were in it. Vincent Cooper, the le- organizer of Lady Liberty told us 
that we needed to think outside the box. There was going to be something very different this season for the finale, and the library will be opened. So I thought that we were going to have to, like, read each other. So I had reads for all the girls. And I my read for Kimmy Moore, I was like, Kimmy Moore. Kimmy something. Kimmy anything. Kimmy something. Because, <laughs> like, like, she does dance. I think Kimmy gets a little nervous on the microphone. Mm-hmm. Which, that. at that time, probably was the case. I haven't seen it recently, but it's probably been alleviated. Uh, her and Boudoir work really well in, like, a Velma Kelly... Uh, Roxy Hartway. Yeah. Um, so I said that at that time. And then I said, Sugar Cane, I really like, Sugar's famous for like doing that old Martin character, the old woman on Martin. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really like the way you get on stage and portray that old woman character. What's her name? Oh yeah, Sugar Cane. Because Sugar's older than us. I was like, but with a name like Sugar Cane, don't you think you'd be worried about diabetes? But if you were really worried about diabetes, your name would be Viva Vidalia. <laughs> ah, backhanded double. <laughs> and I told all of them this like independently, but that was my that's my shady tea for this read. But I, I respect all three of them so much. Tara Hyman is no longer Tara Hyman, right? Mm-hmm. She was Tara Grenade, and her current name is Tara, Tara Rising. Tara Rising. Um, I love Tara. Again, um, one of the Rock Bar girls, she used to host a game, or she would she would guest at Shane Cherry's game video game day at Rock Bar when she was Tara Grenade. So funny, so offensive sometimes. I did a show with her the first time my parents were ever visiting. The first time my parents were ever going to see Avant Garbage. And they didn't know what to expect. They're a little conservative. And I was like, Tara, please... Whatever you do, my parents are here for the first time to see me in drag. Can you please rein it in a little bit? And she's like, oh yeah, I got you, girl. We get out on the stage. She has the microphone. Very first thing she says. Very first thing she says. So last night I smoked meth and prolapsed. <laughs> and I was like, why did I even think to ask her to tame it, tame it, tame it down a little bit? Tara is a larger than life. Recently just moved to... Pennsylvania, um, and last I saw on Facebook was going through some stuff, so I, if you were listening, Tara, I want you to know that I respect you so much, and I love you, and if you need anything on your journey, please reach out. Next up was her co-host, Britta Filter. Britta Filter is murdering it. Um, Britta Filter is larger than life, big girl, can move, house down boots, um, can dance way better than I could. The House of Mouth. Um, I would hope Britta has nice things to say about me as well. Next is Fifi Dubois. Fifi's so good. Fifi is um now are they married or are they engaged still? They got I don't I can't keep Fifi is anymore. partners with Shane Cherry, the guy who I just mentioned about video game day. Fifi works at Abracadabra. Fifi is also a dancing queen. Fifi is very lovely. And then, like, has so many titles. How many competitions does that bitch she got won? She's a lot. She's won so many competitions. Um, such a fierce, 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 like, phenomenal performer. We're not super close, um, but when I do see her, it's always a really cute kiki. Let's talk about a nerd, Hazel Tart. Hazel Tart's so lovely. One of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, doesn't perform as often as I would like. Um, such a great lovely person nerdy um absolutely deserving of 
Miss Nerd title. I'll be performing with her on October 20th at Megami's uh, Gender Bender. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I totally saw her at Rock Bar a couple, last week and uh, could not go up to her. And just I had, a, I had to send a wolf instead. So oh, she was surrounded no by so many people, no, or you? you... I, I couldn't. Uh, no response, but it's okay. He's a very good-looking guy. Very, very cute. Next up is Crimson Kitty. Crimson Kitty is the hardest-working AFAB drag queen ever. She has been around for so long and has been working so hard, and I want her to achieve a lot of success very soon. I could see her on Dragula next season. Um, such a talented person, like kind of like my adjacent drag aunt. Um, I just did her birthday roast where I read that bitch to filth and everyone else in the room. Uh, I respect her so much and I appreciate her hustle. And finally, Erica Clash. Erica Clash is my good, 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 good Judy. Um, she was who I was thinking about with uh, Miss Nerd. She came runner up the first Miss Nerd and she was she looked a little salty about it and we didn't talk for a long time and I was like, that bitch hates me. Um, but we got over it and we are super close she again after andragula received us an immense ton of success for herself and i'm glad to see her killing it and she is moving back to new york very soon oh is she yes and i cannot wait we need to get her on the podcast yes i will see her again when i am at the austin international drag festival in november amazing and i cannot wait to catch up with her amazing yeah how important is social media in the drag scene today it's so important and it's stupid and I hate it. I hate social media. I have I have no boy presence online, period. If you don't know my real name, you're probably never going to find me online because I, I don't even take selfies. I hate it. I have Like I said earlier, I have body dysmorphia. I'm an attractive guy. I can recognize like societally I have high cheekbones and like, you know, pleasing features. But like, I don't like to take photos or look in the mirror and annotate or like, I'll eat myself alive if I do it. So I hate getting on Instagram and I only do it to promote myself for drag and I'm struggling through it. I was not born of the generation of taking photos of my food. We took photos on on an actual camera or we would get a disposable and wind the dial and wait for the film to be developed and maybe you'd see pictures three weeks later from a party and i do not get these kids sitting around taking photos of themselves and while their food's getting cold and then like posing and 40 fucking photos but it's necessary i shouldn't criticize it it's a great tool to market yourself you can offer yourself to a variety of people who wouldn't see you otherwise you can get on youtube i should start i keep saying i should start a a twitch channel and play video games and drag skywalker's doing it who Skywalker. Who? That's <laughs> yeah, so good. I know. Um, it, it's it's a it's a necessary. It's necessary, and it's up to you if you think it's good or evil. But it's 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 required. Yeah. So there always seems to be some sort of drama in nightlife. Mm-hmm. How do we come together as a community despite our beefs, our differences, our drama, and how do we become a community when we all have to fight together against? the political climate we're in <laughs> if i'm going to be nasty and funny i will say we get paid and we pretend like it never happened <laughs> and then when you get brought up in a podcast you say nice things about each other how can we do it as a community i'm honestly afraid that i don't know if we can it, that's my biggest fear i don't know if we can there's so much division amongst ourselves but based on queer man and lesbian or attractive and unattractive no fats no femmes no asians i don't know if it's possible I try to be a nice person. I try to be all-inclusive. I try to 
treat everyone equally and give everyone an opportunity. And I've even been learning to give people a second chance. Very rarely will I give you a third if you have the luxury of it. (laughs) But it's not unheard of. But I think the golden rule of just treat people how you want to be treated. And also grow a little bit thicker skin. Like, we can't always be so sensitive all the time, you know? Sometimes jokes are coming from a place of, like, hurt and defense but also love like we're all queer we're all marginalized why can't we just love each other it's a good question <laughs> i don't know if man. that answer but speaking of love you love halloween i do love halloween but i want to know what is your least favorite thing about halloween mm. um sexy white claw costumes sexy <laughs> Sexy Ghostbuster costumes, sexy gladiator costumes, the amount of people that phone it in on a costume and call it a day, but that's, that's just me being a picky. I love everything about Halloween. Maybe it, maybe it can be a little expensive. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking today I, I need to go home and carve a pumpkin. Every year I make like a different pumpkin confection. Okay. Like last year I think I made muffins. Or I'll Cute. make pancakes. I just made pumpkin soup the other day actually, but I used no. canned pumpkin. Um... I love everything about Halloween, but I do not like sexy Halloween costumes. That's fair. All right, so you've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching? Oh, God, what am I not watching? I could watch... Um, there's, like, a three levels of chef, uh, like, amateur expert, or amateur advanced expert, and they make the same dish mm-hmm. in their style. I'll watch that. I'll watch, like, um, Peridium. Yeah. Uh, dissertate like Survivor and Big Brother. I'll watch like video game Smash Brothers competitions. I'll watch uh, action figure reviews. I'm watching like Toy Galaxy. I love um, um, Dead Meat. They review, it's called The Kill Count. They do horror movies. Uh, Dead Meat, The Kill Count, Peridium, doing Survivor and Big Brother reviews. Toy Galaxy does action figure reviews. Um, what is the other one I wanted to mention? I forgot. I could look yeah. at my YouTube list and like... I'm always listening to Michael Block, Block Talk as well. Are <laughs> you? We'll take a quiz later. Alright, so if you had to pick one New York City drag queen to be your partner on The Amazing Race, who would it be? Ooh, my, oh, Lacey Stoner. Easy? Done, easy, done. easy. Who's jumping off of things? Either of us. We'd probably fight over it. Who's going to eat weird shit? Either of us, we'd fight over it. That's why, like, I feel like whatever the challenge is, at least one of us would want to do it. And more than likely, the person that didn't want to do it, the other person would actively want to do it. That's good. Yeah. Are you ready for the pop five rapid fire? Yeah. I'm going to give you five pop culture things. You're going to give me word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Number one is Midsummer. Excited. Uh, cautiously optimistic. I loved Hereditary. Um, I liked Mother. It's not the same th- person, but I feel like it's in that genre. Um, I want to see where the direction it goes in. Like I said, I don't like Supernatural as much, but I love slasher and horror. Optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. If it's as good as a Hereditary, we'll be successful. Number two, Donald Trump and the Great Giant Impeachment. Oh, please. When's it happening? I mean, that process takes forever. What? Andrew Johnson was the only president to successfully be impeached after Lincoln. And then... Clinton pretty much admitted to his wrongdoings and we just got over it. And then Nixon left office before the impeachment went through. So these things can take months. Hopefully, if everyone goes out and votes Democrat, whoever it is, whoever, 
That's 2020. Anyone but Trump. I don't care who it is. Hopefully, when Trump loses the election in 2020, we won't even need to worry about the impeachment because it won't it won't happen before that. Next is Ellen DeGeneres defends her friendship with George W. Bush. See, I'm like a little I'm a little 50-50 on this one. I have a lot of conservative friends too and I've always said that the way th- the way to progress is by helping them see differently. So I would like to believe that Ellen's helping the president see differently, but Ellen's a wealthy white woman now and the president has committed a lot of war crimes and is at fault for a lot of people's deaths. Um fuck both of them. They're both in the 1%. But Cancel culture is becoming a huge topic at the moment, and I don't understand how people can be so eager to cancel Chris Hart or Dave Chappelle for having an opinion and then not wanting to cancel Ellen. I don't think anyone should ever be canceled. I I will never... I always want more freedom of speech. I want fewer laws and regulations against us and more freedom of speech. And I, So that's how I feel about that. All right. Number four is the Jungle Cruise trailer. I didn't watch it. No? No. What's, what's that is about? Like the Disney ride, the Jungle Cruise? Oh, fuck a, um, that. Like what, Emily like, Blunt and uh, The Rock. Pocahontas starring Scarlett Johansson. Ah! And um, number... Emily Blunt is cool. The Rock... The Rock actually surprised me in Jumanji. Yeah. I've never liked Jack Black. It looks very Jack similar Black. just like character-wise. Like, wait, why is he on the Jungle Cruise now? Okay. Okay. Well, what was their last like action movie? Disney? Yeah, like Haunted Mansion tanked. Well, I feel yeah. like they're trying to get Pirates of the Caribbean again, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're, they either filmed one or they're in talks of doing another one. Yeah. It's well, I, th- I feel like they want that like trilogy of success again. Yeah. And Haunted Mansion tanked. What other ride? How could you have Disney premieres the teacups? You never know. Like they're, never they're know. stuck on a teacup for an hour and a half. Like people are vomiting. This looks like a, a really child's good... having like a diabetic fit. Like looks... I want to see the teacup movie now. This looks like a really really good movie. I watched it. I was like, this is everything I want because like some of the humor from the Jungle Cruise was in the trailer. Uh-huh. Like um, now you're seeing the backside of a waterfall. It's the eighth wonder of the world. Okay, cute, yeah. cute. And eh. number five, Survivor. My favorite thing of all time. Possibly my favorite thing of all time. I have watched Survivor since episode one. I was a huge, huge fan of the real world. And I belonged to this forum called Real World Blows, which became Real World Sucks, which became Planet Socks, or it became Real World Socks, then it became Planet Socks, then it became the Survivor Easy Board. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the correct journey, right? Are you on that one with me? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I rarely, like, I'll look at Survivor Sucks sometimes, I'll look at Reddit sometimes. I try to stay away from it just because it's just... The community can get really toxic. But some of the yeah. memes are funny. Yeah. the me- I live for the memes, I li- don't live for the toxic, um, yeah. standing. Hate culture. Yeah. But I've watched Survivor since episode one. I think it is America's longest-running social experiment. Absolutely. I think it's the smartest thing I've ever seen on television. It's, if you try to compare Survivor to The Bachelorette, you clearly have no idea what you're talking about. Um, one season, now that we're about to approach season 40, we're currently on season 39, which I was really apprehensive about the theme, but I'm finding it to be delightful yeah, it's I'm really, it's the, ca- the cast is really good yeah the cast is what's selling it and we're now about to approach season 40 which is the first 
returning all winners season where there's a husband and wife people have met and married on the show a husband and wife on it only one person in the history of survivor has won twice so there's a possibility that someone will win three times and there is a definite there's a definity that a second person will win two times but one season was a family season and a woman brought her daughter on to the show and her daughter ended up voting off her mother a girl voted her mother off the island, and if you don't find that to be even a little bit fascinating, I don't. I don't think you and I could be friends. Yeah, it's true. It's so she smart. She voted her mother off, and, and she went home the next episode, right? Uh, I believe so, or very, very, very soon after. Well, that was the. No, it was a couple episodes after. Yeah, they, that was they, the rock draw. Her, yeah. When she went home. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, no Katie Collins. Katie went, went home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she made top four. Yeah. So maybe it was a good decision for her, top but still f- top five because Tina was four. She came back in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, it's been a while. I have to jog the memory. So, would you ever do it? Absolutely. I've auditioned three times. And what happened? Nothing. I haven't auditioned since I've done drag, though. Okay. And I'm getting older, so I should probably uh, get out there before my knees blow out. Mm-hmm. But I think being a drag queen would have like a little bit of. Yeah, absolutely. But CBS is a little conservative, so I don't it know. It is, it's true. But I think I would do I think I would do extremely well on the show. Um the fact that like I hostess at, at video game night and I can remember twenty people's roles in Werewolf and I remember the name of the person that I met one time three weeks ago and like the, that they went to visit their family. Like I have a a sharp memory, I'm a good read on people. I've always said, if you don't like me, that's on you. But I can gauge people's like perceptions pretty well. My biggest fear would be, well, the first thing I would do if I got cast would be immediately gain fifteen pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm too thin to, I would look too frail for the the cast to think I would do well in challenges, physical yeah. challenges. But I'm smart, adept, and I'm wonderful with people. There you go. I think I would do extremely well on the show. Well, we're going to move into the fan corner. Um, we kind of answered our first question from Zoe Dunford, but basically... Hi, Zoe. I love you. Yeah. What inspired you to first do drag, and how did your character and brand develop? We kind of covered it already. Yeah. But... Um, Monster High, the macabre, being a little spoopy. Um, like, yeah, like, like when I was a young kid and I always identified... Like, I think being queer made me identify with, like, the different. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be... Ryu and Street Fighter. I wanted to be Chun Li, and I kind of identified with those like off the beat like freaks, weirdos, yeah, females. So like Morticia, Lily Munster, Elvira, like these are queens that I admired in my youth. The Bride of Frankenstein, and I think I've done a really fucking good job of taking off on garbage and putting her on the level of like the Bride of Frankenstein, Morticia Adams. She could sit next to Elvira at their table, and I think sure. I think she would get along swimmingly. Dylan Meehan wants to know. Hi, Dylan. Love you. Who is your biggest drag inspiration? If you've met them, did they live up to expectations? My my drag race top three has always been Tammy Brown, Yara Sophia, and Willem. Of the three, I have briefly said hello to Yara Sophia, and she looked just as stunning as I envisioned her to be. She's a little shorter than I thought she would be, but she's just as beautiful, and her costuming was out there. I have not had the pleasure of meeting Tammy Brown yet, but that fucking weirdo, I cannot wait to have her. I didn't get to see her. Um, And I I would love to have a conversation with her. Willem has always been lovely in person, really phenomenal in person, um, great to me, gives me good advice. 
and will be the first person to admit she's not the best performer. So when I saw her with DWV, I was actually like surprised with how underwhelmed I was with her performing ability. Because I will say I'm not the best performer either, but I really sell it. Sure. Um, I've I've accomplished a lot with mine. But she's a she's a TV queen. She's a comedy queen. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So I don't know what I was thinking watching her lip sync. So those are my big three biggest drag inspirations. Um, currently, in New York, Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Tina Burner. Have I been saying Tina Turner the whole time? No, you said this Jesus. Person. I did it one time. I was like, Tina Turner. Because it just comes out, you know. Tina Burner is one of my biggest New York drag inspirations. And she is so fucking funny. There's a reason she's consistently voted like the funniest queen in whatever competition she's in. Um, she's phenomenal. Who would I like to meet from drag? From Drag Race? Eh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. This is a question from Nancy No Good. Cute. How long does it take to make a mop wig? It depends on the style. It depends on the rush. It depends on, like, the cut, how many mops I need. The, the, the problem is, is it gets a little tedious about halfway through, so I'll, like, put it down, and sometimes I never go back to it. And that's the fault of it. I need to be more diligent about I'm making a mop now. A mop. I'm making a wig now, which is probably going to be my Glam Awards gown inspiration. And it's just been, like, sitting in my room for a little bit because I'm like, I don't want to fucking touch you. You frustrate me. And that's the problem is being an artist is, like, if you don't have the passion for the product yeah. and you have to force it, it's, like, it doesn't feel organic. Um, so uh, let's say a month. Okay. A month. Great. I've, I put one out in, like, two weeks before. I put one out in one week, but it was super fucking stressful. Um, a month. And our final question um, from Amanda Massacre. Hi, Amanda. How do you feel about cocktail tables? <laughs> I was at Megami's most recent gender blender, and Amanda Massacre was doing... Was it My Chemical Romance? I think she was doing My Chemical Romance, which is, like, the most punk song you could be doing um, for an audience. You don't want to, like, do, like, the buzzcocks or anything, you know? Um, and she, at one point, got up on this cocktail table... In these sh- in these pumps and these like in these spike heels, and it's like a little tiny ass cocktail table, and it like it started to wobble and it started to shake, and she tried to brace herself on the wall, but it was actually a curtain. Oh no! <laughs> and she's like, she looked like Sierra trying to barrel roll down the aisle on the barrel, you know, in Survivor, yeah. and like she's like teetering on this fucking thing, and I was like having a panic attack because I thought she was gonna fall and break her neck. And then she recovered, and then I just started cackling. I couldn't help it. It was, like, the funniest thing I had ever seen. And then I started calling her a table to massacre. (laughs) Her name's Amanda Massacre, so I called her a table to massacre. And then her boyfriend and I started doing, like, making gifs of her, like, on things. Like, (laughs) That's funny. So I love cocktail tables. That should be the name of your talk show, Amanda. Cocktail tables with Amanda Massacre. There you go. So I have my previous guest. That's my current guest. A question. I never. I didn't think to ask. Oh, what question I want to ask the next one? Well, but hurry yeah, up. Yep. Because this is a question from Zalika Parsons. <laughs> yes. Her question is: Other than Drag Race, Dragula, or Camp Wanakiki, if you had to be on one television show as your drag persona, what would it be? Well, are we are we fantasizing about like I have to get into drag or I'm 100% avant 100% of the time. 100% of the time. So I, I don't have to transform. Show, it can be a uh, sitcom, it can be a cartoon, whatever. Well, I'm, is this like a fantasy world where like Sure. 
So if I never had to get, if this were too Wong Fu and I never had to get in and out of drag and I was natural, I naturally grew mop out of my head and I had natural face makeup on all the time that never smeared, I would want to do Survivor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Unquestionably. Imagine Avant in a coconut bra. Yeah, that's it. And like a and a Hawaiian lay like maybe like, that's a look. I should do a survivor look. You should with a tiki like yeah. a tiki tort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna do a survivor look real soon. If I as a boy had to get in and out of drag like Alaska on Scared Straight, was it Scared Straight? What was it called? Something like that. Sca- whatever the VH1 reality show she did was. Um, if I ah! you, can, you can borrow one of my buffs. Okay. I don't think you would be a hero though. I've like, always wanted to try one on, like those, like like Elizabeth Hasselbeck yeah. and that's fucking mm-hmm. T-shirt. Uh-huh. Um, if I had to boy me get in and out of drag every time, I'd I'd probably do Big Brother because you're in a cushy ass house and yeah. you have time to sit there and do your makeup. You know. Well, now's your turn to ask my next guest question. Um. Top, bottom, verse, asexual? Question okay. mark. All right. Well, if you have gotten this far in the podcast, use hashtag the only trash queen. Where can we find you on social media? If you're on social media, I am on Instagram at the only trash queen. I love that I got that. Yeah. I should get it on Twitter. You should. Just to have it. Before someone takes it. Yeah. Don't take it, anybody. And if you do, I will find you. Um, on Instagram at the only trash queen. On Venmo at the only trash queen, and because Facebook went through a drag queen purgatory, my name is Avant Garbage, but there is a space between the T. It's A V A N space T G space A R B A G E, Avant T G Garbage on Facebook. Everywhere else is the only trash queen. There you go. Well, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for having me, Michael. Thank you for all of your wonderful questions. Thank you for what you do to the community.